today around the world, Buddhists everywhere are celebrating the enlightenment, the awakening of the Buddha. In Korea, the Zen monks, uh, nuns that we were watching in that film are intensely meditating to achieve Buddhahood. And in fact, every day is Buddha's awakening day. Every moment. So it's important to understand what does awakening mean. Because for most of us, we go to sleep, we wake up. It's natural. No one has to teach you how to wake up from sleep at night, do they? Some people actually have sleep paralysis and they have a hard time waking up, but it's the exception. Most people, they sleep, they wake. In fact, it is the same. When it's our moment to awaken, we will awaken. We are all inevitably going to become Buddhas. The only question is when, and that will be determined by when we set the alarm. We can wake up earlier if we choose to. But the awakening will happen, inevitably. You can delay it. You can choose to avoid it, or you can choose to awaken now. But the awakening will happen naturally, even if you don't set the alarm. What is the difficulty in awakening? The problem is this. The ego is a PDF file. PDF meaning projections, decisions, and fixations. And it developed in that order. There was a pure consciousness without identification, and your parents projected on it that you were the object of their desire or their disgust, their hatred, or whatever else that shadow was made up of, both at a conscious and an unconscious level. You took in that series of projections from them both, as well as from siblings and extended family and eventually culture, and your consciousness became stained, dyed, the color of those projections. And then you took on a decision to accept those projections or modify them somewhat or do something with them. But you made a decision based on those projections. And then that decision got repressed into the unconscious and became a fixation. Once it became repressed, you could no longer change it because your thinking capacity would begin with those projections and decisions as the basis of your thought. And so the ego, whoever you believe yourself to be, is the product of that logic. And that ego cannot change itself. That's why everyone says, why is this so hard? It's because the ego is an artificial construct that is the result of the logic of those primary projections, decisions, and fixations. Okay? So we have to go to the basis of the file and delete it from the computer. And then you're awakened. You're the Buddha. It's a very simple matter. Okay? The problem is this. To the ego that's up here, not at the basis of the operating system, but what appears on the screen, it wants to maintain its existence. It will disappear from the screen as soon as you eliminate the operating system. And then even though it's a state of liberation, 
and actually bliss and unlimited potential, nonetheless, to that ego on the screen, it disappears. So it has to somehow figure out a way that it'll stay on the screen. And the way it does that is by causing problems. And the first problems it causes is to itself. In order to stop itself from going there and eliminating itself from the screen, it says, you can't do that because I'm not worthy of doing that. Okay? And then, ah, well, we've got to fix this image on the screen. How do we fix it? How do we make it worthy? It's not real at all. But by by becoming unworthy, by becoming a problem to itself, it prolongs its false existence. So I'm unworthy, therefore I exist. This is the new Cartesian uh, signifier, right? And as long as it can maintain that illusion, voila, the ego will continue to roll but it has to then roll into more and more vexation and suffering and tragedy and victimhood in order to maintain itself on the screen. When all along it didn't exist at all except as an artifact of a logic that began with false premises and axioms. So there is no entity that bears your name or your personality, or your sense of egohood. That's an illusion created by pure consciousness being filtered through those primary fixations. Eliminate the fixations by realizing that the projections on you in the first place were false, were based on things that your parents didn't work out, and that the culture hasn't worked out, and that tries to maintain its own existence, by creating problems in you so that it doesn't have to face its own inner work and can now blame you for their suffering. If only I hadn't had you as a kid, I would have been happy, right? Or only I hadn't married you, or only I hadn't, right? Now you're the source of their problems, and now they're even a step further away from having to deal with the real issue. But the real issue is simply that that PDF file had no business existing in the first place. The projections were only there. Why? Because originally there was a lack of love. What should have been offered to one was unconditional love, but instead what was offered was all the reasons why I'm not going to love you. And then you take that on and say, ah, it must be my fault indeed, and there is a fixed ego structure. That's the recipe. We undo it by realizing that there was a falsehood within the projection itself. So you have to simply not trust the projection that produced your ego in the first place. It was not God telling you you're not worthy. It was not God saying, I don't love you. It was parents who were too busy, too damaged themselves, too irresponsible, too much in grief in their own lives, whatever. But we feel disloyal if we let go of the unworthiness that justifies them. And so not to cause them pain, we're going to be the holders of their pain as if it's our own and then carry that forward. That's a family legacy. And then we're proud of that tradition. And that's how cultures get born and sustained. 
And then when it overflows, well, we have wars with other cultures, and now they can carry that garbage of hatred and all of that, and we're innocent victims. But this is how the whole flow of history goes, from an individual to a collective level. We have to end it at the root. It can't be ended at the level of the symptom, because the symptom isn't real anyway. No matter how much self-improvement you do at the level of the ego, you're still going to be at the core unworthy, because that's the structure of the logic. So it doesn't matter. No matter what cosmetic changes you make, no matter how many degrees you get and have on your wall, no matter how much money is in your bank account, none of it will end that projection that it's at the core of the ego's desire to improve itself in the first place. So unless your desire comes out of love, of life, that comes out of the realization that you are a being of light, an emanation of God, not uh, an unworthy ego that's got to prove itself and, and improve itself and go through all these processes of self-flagellation. Only if it comes out of that innermost source that is unlimited and that is not personal, it's not individual, it is the self that flows through you. That is where the true source of creativity comes. And our faith in realizing that that is what I am not what anyone told me, not whatever is on that PDF file, but what is at the source of pure consciousness, then I am liberated. And there's nothing to prove. And as soon as we realize it, at that very instant, we are awakened Buddhas. No need to wait, no need to go to India and sit under that tree in Bodh Gaya. No need to go through what those poor nuns do, three months of sitting for 12 hours a day and all of the ascetic rituals and practices. No. The only asceticism is that we dissolve the ego. We surrender that. And we enter into the field of abundance and joy and bliss and love. So I hope you all choose today to realize your Buddhahood.